Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am so excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore how to follow your passion and how content can make it happen with C.C. Chapman. And you're going to absolutely love this interview. You're going to want to listen to it probably more than once. I also have an incredible discovery that I'm going to share with you in just a few seconds that you are going to love and use over and over again. And later on in the show, after the interview with C.C., we're going to introduce a brand new event from Social Media Examiner. So you're definitely going to want to stick around so that you can learn more about that. So with that, let me go ahead and transition over to this week's discovery. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. Okay, this has got to be one of the coolest discoveries I've made in a long time. It's called PicMonkey.com. P-I-C Monkey.com. If you've ever seen those really killer images that everybody seems to be posting up on Facebook, um, or you've ever wondered how people did really cool stuff with screenshots inside of blog posts, PicMonkey is going to rock your world. This is such a cool um, discovery. It's just an online service where you upload a screenshot or a photograph, and it allows you to do really, really incredible things to the photograph. So for example, you can do the basic stuff like cropping and rotating and exposure and colors and all that stuff. You can also add all sorts of interesting like effects like uh, dusk, for example, or black and white. But you can also do stuff, for example, if it's pictures of people, you can whiten people's teeth. Uh, you can brighten their eyes. You can do a lot of really cool stuff with that. But where I really love it is you can do really cool stuff with text. So if you've ever seen those cool little quotes that are on top of images, this allows you to do all that as well. You can also add all sorts of interesting things like geometric shapes, call-outs, comic buttons, uh, push pins, and you can add frames. I mean, there's just like an, a boundless amount of things that you can do with this, and it's completely free. And then when you're done with it, you can save it back to your computer. It's literally like having a... Um, a social media marketer's version of Photoshop without all the complicated capabilities of Photoshop. It's extremely easy to use. Whoever made this, I hope, is is um, just having amazing success. So check out pickmonkey.com. Let all your friends know about it. It's absolutely incredible. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. 
We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. So with that, let's go ahead and transition over to today's interview with CC Chapman. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I am very excited to be joined today by CC Chapman. If you don't know who CC is, he's the co-author of Content Rules with Ann Hanley. He's also a blogger at Digital Dads, a photographer, a longtime podcaster, and he's also the founder of the Cleon Foundation which is an agency focused on causes. His newest book is called Amazing Things Will Happen. Cece, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, today we're going to explore how publishing content has led Cece to where he is today. And Cece has had a lot of great success. It's my hope that you that are listening will get inspired by Cece's story and that you'll want to follow your passion. So Cece, my first question, what role did content play in your overall success? It's played a gigantic role. I mean, from day one, I started blogging 10 years ago at cc-chapman.com and just started sharing my thoughts and my photos and things around me and eventually audio and video. And it's one of those things that by sharing what I saw and what I was feeling, people started to connect with me. And it's one of those things that as I evolved into more of a marketing person and started an agency and was working with clients, one of the it brought me to always saying, listen, you've got to be honest and you know, be who you are. And it's one of those things where if I, if I wasn't sharing and creating content on a regular basis, like I am today and have been doing for years, I, people would not know who I am. They wouldn't be able to connect to me. They wouldn't actually see, Oh, that's what he's doing right now. Because by taking pictures, but I do a lot of photography and by sharing a lot of images, people can instantly see where I am in the world, what I'm doing, who I'm with, why I'm doing it. And if it wasn't for content, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be who I am today at all. There's absolutely no way I'd be in the position and gotten to the success that I have without actively creating and sharing content on a regular basis. Okay, so wh- let, let's let's step back for a second. How, okay. how did you actually get to the point where you um, stumbled into content marketing? Kind of what was the turning point for you? Well, I was always a computer geek. I grew up with computers, always loved them. And I mean, even in, in college, I used to send out a sometime, like at least a once a week newsletter, but you know, it was, it was a link system. There was no graphics. We didn't have what we had today. So I was manually typing in and sending them out and people reacted and people laughed and they shared it. And I just, back in those days, it was all very manual. And that's when the light started going on. If, wow, if I create something, people are going to enjoy it. And then it just sort of, it kind of grew. I did independent film for a while. You know, I was one of the first professional podcasters and it just all everything I've ever done is just kind of started out as, hey, I want to share this. And then people 
it resonated with people and you get comments from around the globe and people shared it. And then, you know, the first spot when the first sponsor lined up for my podcast and said, Hey, we'd like to pay you money to advertise on something that you're already creating. And you, that I love creating. That's when the light went off of, wait a minute, brands are interested in this brands want to, and then it moved beyond just advertising. I remember it was an alcohol brand and they wanted, they're like, no, no, here, this is the product. Here's how much we're going to pay you. You do what you, you do what you do and somehow work us in. And they were very, it was very much a partnership. They just kind of said, go. And so I created what I wanted. And that's when I started realizing, wow, brands are going to, and this was early days, you know, 2005. So people, it wasn't, social media wasn't what it is today, but that's when I started clicking and then, you know, launching an agency and starting to work with bigger brands and bigger projects. It just, it showed it, you know, it sounds cliche, but the light, it just showed right. I was like, okay, I gotta go do more of that. So CC, before you started your blog and before you started your podcast, what were you doing? Uh, I was a internet guy. I was uh, building intranets and doing usability studies for big internal web systems. <laughs> so you were kind of like a programmer, an engineer, a tech geek kind of guy? Yeah, yeah. And I learned I hated using that side of my brain. I don't think like a programmer. I have super respect for people who do because I can't think that way. So I quickly moved from the building to doing more of the management and overseeing stuff because that I just... I'm not wired like a programmer. Sometimes I wish I was. <laughs> so was it a blog or a podcast that first kind of got you started? I, blogging was first. I, I definitely started with a blog first, and then it was quickly followed by a podcast in late 2004 when all of a sudden I got my first iPod, did a Google search for iPods, and s discovered this thing called podcasting. And I'd heard about audio blogging, but the podcasting, it clicked. And I just started – I hit record on a microphone, didn't really know what I was doing, and the rest is history. What do you think in the grand scheme of things was more important for you back then, the blog or the podcast? Oh, the podcast, without a doubt. The blog was the blog was always secondary because I kind of I mean, part of it is still this day, I kind of write about whatever I'm feeling that day. And that, you know, without having a niche, you know, it just kind of different people come and go and read it. But my podcast was at that time it was music focused, was very niche. You know, it was independent music. So people gravitated to that. And the podcast was certainly bigger. I mean, all of a sudden getting, you know, signed by a big podcasting company, being paid and going around the world talking on the subject definitely blew things up in, in a way that I was not ready for or expecting. Okay. So you said the podcast was about music. Yeah. Was the blog about music as well? No, I mean, some, some days my blog has always been first and foremost about anything that's on my mind. So music would come up for sure. I would review music. I'd talk about bands I was into, but I might just as well be talking about something I saw online or a new movie or my life. So it was, it was all over the map. <laughs> so you were podcasting and you were, you were, you were, you were basically traveling all over the place, talking to some really incredible people. How did you transition from the music podcast to, to whatever came next? Yeah, so it was funny. So I was working at a college and I was in the the IT department and I was all of a sudden I noticed there was a marketing department on campus that I worked with on a daily basis because they were in charge of the public website where I was in charge of all the intranets. And they had their webmaster left and I said, "I could do that job, but I wanted it to be something more." So I talked to the department. I said, and I, I talked them into changing the job title to be digital marketing manager, and they hired me for it. And it was just one of those things. All of a sudden, I, I had my first budget at my control, which I'd never had before. And I, I sent myself to a conference here in Boston. And I went there, and I'm in this room with all these really, really smart ad executives and you know marketing agency type people from Boston that I'd never been exposed to. And they had at that point they didn't they hadn't seen half the stuff I had seen online. I mean, YouTube was blowing up. Um, Lazy Sunday had just hit the hit the internet, 
And people were – I sat in this room going, wow, I know more than a lot of these people do. This is crazy. And that's when I started realizing, well, hey, maybe I should focus more on this. And that's exactly what I started doing. I started this other podcast called Managing the Gray that at that point was focusing on using social media and marketing. It has a sense evolved into much more you know, making your life a better life type of, type of angle. But I just realized, you know what? I've got this stuff in my head. Let me see if people are interested when I share it. And they were. And that transition just kind of – happened magically it was a beautiful thing so okay now this is pretty exciting so what were some of the amazing things that started happening happening for you as you were continuing along this path well it was you know things like all of a sudden i'd be at i was at this college i was working at and somebody would randomly come up that had caught the podcast and i didn't tell them about it and they discovered it and would talk to me or i'd suddenly go to an event where I was there doing the music stuff and somebody would come up to me like, hey, Cece, I started listening to this new, po- I'll never forget, go- I was doing a concert down in Nashville. I had put together this little indie concert and this gentleman, this older gentleman came up to me and said, hey, Cece, your latest episode of Managing the Gray made me quit my executive job and go back to school to chase the passion I've always dreamt about. That's awesome. It, it was awesome, but it also freaked me out because I realized Oh my God, the words I'm sharing, I've got to be responsible for that. I got to really, you know, I, I hope, and I, I still, I would love to find that person and find out how it all worked out because this was three or four years ago. But that was one of those moments where it said, Oh my God, what I'm sharing, you know, it's from my heart, but it's actually resonating with people. People seem to appreciate it. So that, that, that's the one memory that always stands out for me. When did you know you made it? I don't know if I, I don't think I have made it yet. When did I you, still, when did you know? There must have been certain moments like that moment that you said, okay, maybe I do have something here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's been little moments. I mean, you know, when you go to, when you go someplace on the other side of the world and people come up to you at a conference and know who you are, or I vividly, I vividly remember getting an email from a student in um, Israel saying that my podcast was helping him focus during his tests. Uh, little moments like that, um, but I still, I mean, I'm just a humble New England guy. To say I quote unquote made it always freaks me out. But I, I do. I, I mean, there's little moments like that when people come up and recognize you. That it's always kind of cool. How do you describe to your parents what you do? <laughs> That's always uh, an interesting. I mean, <laughs> I, it's, it, it always cracks me because my parents are very, you know, they're very simple, blue collar New Hampshire people. They don't, you know, my my mom doesn't even touch a computer. So I usually just tell them. <laughs> She doesn't. If I ever get an email from my mother, I will freak out. My dad uses <laughs> my dad uses email, but never touches anything else. But uh, I just I usually they, they when they tell people what I do, they say I'm an author and a speaker because they they know what that is. They right. don't totally get the internet stuff. And when I fly off to London or if I'm shooting travel videos somewhere, they're always like, "What are you doing now?" So it, it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I can totally relate. So. Um, <laughs> I deal with this with my mom all the time. Um, so what do you say to the person right now, CC, who feels stuck and isn't really sure such amazing things are going to happen? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things because life, I mean, what's tough for you, what's tough for me, what's tough for the everybody listening to this, each person's got their own demons and obstacles they got to get over. And what I always tell them is, listen, if you want a change to happen, you've got to choose the path to go down. And you've really got to take the time to sit there and go, what is it that I really, really want to do? Because let's face it, some of us dream about things. Wouldn't it be nice if, but that's not something that you really, really, really want to do. And so I always, I really encourage people to stop and take the time to figure out, okay, what 
what am I not happy with right now? You know, and then what can I change without totally changing my life into turmoil? You know, if you're a 22 year old single female just out of college, you can make changes much more rapidly than a 32 year old female with a mortgage and kids. You know, once you have a family, there's other things you got to take care of, and you got to make sure that whatever you're going to change, that you take care of your, you know, your current needs as well. So sit down and really. Look at it. Look at what you've got. You know, bills and obstacles, everything, and then figure out. Okay, here's where I am, and over here's where I'd like to get to be. What's the path between those two? What goals do I have to? You know, is there education I need? Is there um, new skills I need? You know, what do I need to get there? And really take the time up front. I think too many people go. They're either going to dive in. And it's magically going to happen overnight, or they just never do it. And the, the honest truth is, and it's one of the things that is the cornerstone of the book, is that. You've got to work your butt off to succeed at anything. While luck plays a role sometimes, I know you know this, you got to hustle and work and if you're going to make it happen. And that's that was what I that's my biggest biggest thing is that if you just want it handed it to you, go go move on. I don't want to talk to you cuz nobody gets handouts. <laughs> you have to work for what you get. CC um you mentioned everybody has little inner demons and we all have little thoughts in our head that kind of tell us, no, you can't do that. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that, it, that have been going through your head that you've had to struggle with? Well, it's funny. I mean, th- there's a lot of them. I procrastinate a lot and I, and I know I have had this problem my entire life and it's not a focus problem. It's just, I just procrastinate and I hate it and I hate it. And when you're writing a book and you're under deadline and all those other things, it gets stressful. Um, I'm also, I, I, I take on too many things sometimes. I've gotten better at it, but I sometimes take on a little, you know, I want to help everybody. And so I sometimes take on too many things. And then you know, instead of saying uh, no, <laughs> I say yes too often. Uh, and finally, I was just, I actually, I just tweeted this a couple minutes ago is I have a problem asking for help, asking friends for help. You know, here I am launching this book and I, you know, I know every one of my friends would be more than happy to do whatever it is they can to help me. And yet typing an email to a few friends saying, Hey, can I? Can you help pr- help me promote this somehow? Felt awkward to me, and it shouldn't. But I because know that maybe you're fearing rejection, or maybe you just feel like you're asking too much of them. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's that it's that humble upbringing. I mean, it's a New England thing for sure. Where you know you only ask for help if you really, really need it, and you want to save it for those times. And yeah, rejection's always one of those things, especially in today's social media world, where you know my friends' friends, my true friends, I I have no worries because I know they'll help. But those sort of you know those friends you've met at conferences or maybe you've interacted with them online, when you reach out to them, you don't know how that how that's gonna go, and it could be awkward in both directions and. You know, nobody likes those awkward situations. I certainly hate them. <laughs> well, I know sometimes a lot of people think I, I can't do this, you know, yep. and they have that self-doubt in the back of their mind. And um, I think that um, I find a lot of times that getting talking with other people, you know, that that are encouraging people, not not people that are, you know, their disposition is negative, but but yeah. but are optimistic people. I call it soundboarding can be really helpful. This is my idea. What do you think? And, um, talking it out and getting that encouragement. I can remember in my life, I, you know, there's been like my dad and my stepdad where I, before I've done major things, they said to me, you can do this. And that was what I needed to get me over the hump. Do you ever find that that is helpful as well? Oh, big time. Having those people that you can ask and bounce ideas off, especially because the other thing is you don't want them. You don't want the person that's always going to be optimistic. You know, you want the supportive person. But you also I also find having, you know, those one or two friends who if it is a bad idea that are. Yeah, they're they're going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. 
you need that honesty because if it's just sugar-coated, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows, that's not going to help either. Why, you, you know, yeah. you want that honest, well, have you thought about this yet? Or what about, and though, but being able to have those close-knit friends where you can ask that question and bounce it off and get real feedback is it's the only way to stay sane in this world, I think. CC, in your book, Amazing Things Will Happen, you say, quote, once you figure out what you want out of life, if you work hard, I mean, if you work very hard, day in and day out, you can make it happen. But you have to be a good human in addition to doing the work. Can you elaborate on the good human part? Yeah. So I firmly, I firmly believe, I'm not an overly religious person, but I, I am a spiritual person. And I firmly believe that the people who give back, who help others, who are a good neighbor and all around good person make out better in life. Yeah, there are evil people and bad people in this world who get ahead and there's, you know, the jerks, we all know them. But at the, at the heart, I, I believe that if you're a good person and you're working hard towards your goals, you're going to get there a lot quicker and a lot more often than the person who's not a good all around person. You know, some people call it karma. I don't know, you know, golden rule, whatever you want to call it. I, I really believe that, you know, the good people of the world are the, are the best kind. <laughs> well, and you know, all of us, sometimes have motives that aren't good. And yes. I think we have to ask ourselves what's driving us to do this, right? Is it purely fame? <laughs> is it purely money? And right. I think what you're doing is taking it up a level, right? You're saying, what good will this do for others? Yeah. And let's face it. I mean, we all, and we're humans. We all want to make money. We all, you know, we need money. You have to have money in this world to survive. It's just fact of the matter. But at the same time, I really want to push this idea that as you know more as you get as you get to a certain level of success or known or influence, whatever you want to call it, that you take some of that and you give it back, whether it's helping helping other people come up, what mentoring them, or if it's helping charities or nonprofits. Uh, and I'm not talking just about donation and money. I'm talking about actually using using what you've got, your skills and your exposure. And helping those things that you're passionate about, and you know, I have a whole chapter on giving back because it's just something I've. I guess I was brought up that way that you give back and help others, and it's one of those things I'm focusing on. Well, it's refreshing to hear, frankly, because <laughs> so many of the books that are out there today are all about um, gaining, not giving. Right. You know. Right. And even in the world that you and I are in, CC, it's it's so much about what what can you do. It's about treating people as things, you know, of acquisition and, and using vernacular that doesn't really even humanize people. And uh, I, I'm a strong proponent of giving real gifts, you know, gifts when you know, when you give a gift, you don't expect anything in return. Correct. And I think that more and more of us need to do this. And I think so many people underestimate how personally rewarding it is. <laughs> it's oh, a, it feels, it feels, there's nothing more amazing than seeing something you've done actually affect somebody. And sometimes it's, you know, you get a note back from somebody or, you know, I had, I had the bless, I had the most amazing time earlier this year when the one campaign brought me over to Ghana and seeing these kids that we were helping with vaccines. It just, it's one of those moments where you go, wow. And you're right. The best gifts you just give and they come back eventually. And sometimes you don't know it, but just making somebody happy is the coolest thing in the world. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the photography work you do. So I, uh, my grandfather 
uh, was a huge photographer. I had a dark room in his basement, so photography's in my blood. Uh, I don't go anywhere in this world without a camera of some sort, and that's why I love that our phones today have great cameras in them because that, that counts. I just I love capturing the world around me. I mean, every little bit. I'm a, a big fan of shooting faces, people's portraits, but not in a studio. I love when I go to a city, whenever I'm speaking, I do a lot of speaking. I love there's nothing better than getting up the morning before and just walking the city streets and taking pictures of someplace I've never been. Mm. Um, and I just it's one of those things that I've been very fortunate. You know, I've shot concerts. I've been hired to shoot ads. I get the I've been, you know, I don't get hired to do it that often because it's more of a pure, pure, pure passion for me. But I absolutely love images. And I, I've got, I mean, looking around my office, I've got photos by different people and some of my own hanging up. I just, I'm a visually, a visual guy, first and foremost. So at your core, you really are a content generator. Everything from your blog articles, which we haven't talked about, to your photographs, to your podcasts, which you love. And you do video interviews too, right? Yeah, I am. I mean, I always talk about how I wrote a blog post one time about how I remember when I was little, whatever, if you, you know, you ask a kid, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I always said I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be drawing. When I was little, I used to doodle all the time. My dad still gives me a hard time saying that the computer made me stop drawing, which I, I feel bad about. I still doodle, but I'm no good. But <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, I, I, I remember I wrote this post was kind of reflective and saying, well, I guess I am kind of an artist. It's not the artist I expected. But it is a different type of artist. Yeah, and I, I create videos. I now do this video show called Passion Hit TV, where I, you know, I interview people who have found their li- found a way to take their livelihood, you know, on their, something they love doing, and turn it into a livelihood. Um, and you know, video is one of those things I don't do as much because I personally don't enjoy video editing. I don't enjoy that part of the process, but I love doing video. So it's a it's one of those things where I don't do as much as I wish I did. So you do all sorts of, you're eclectic, uh, I yeah. think is the right word. You do all sorts of different kinds of content, but which one do you enjoy doing the most? Oh God. Is it the uh, podcast? Is it the photography? Is it the blog articles? If I could only do, if I, ah, God, if I could only do one, it would be photography. If I really? had to okay. do one, I mean, yeah. I, and what's I, next? What's next? Yeah. The, the world. <laughs> no, I mean, I know I meant is what's, if number one is photography, what's your second content that you, mm, boy, it sounds uh, like you love podcasting, but I could be wrong. Probably, well, no, it's, it's probably podcasting and, and the style of podcasting where I've always, all my podcasts have always been hit record, talk into the microphone and hit publish. I don't edit them. They're all raw and from the heart. And so doing like radio back in college, I love doing radio and I did a serious radio show for a little while. I love doing that. I love the audio format. It's very personal. You know, right now people are listening to us. We're in their ears. Right. So I definitely love that format. So how are you using content to promote amazing things will happen? I'm doing, yeah. So I mean, everything from I'm doing guest guest blog posts for different people. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing podcasts like this. I also, I actually shot a series of videos where each video, there's eight of them highlights a different chapter in the book. Uh, you know, one solid idea that I thought people would resonate with. Um, I'm also starting to do photos. I took a photo this afternoon of, I realized my book was the perfect size to go in a stocking and my daughter had hung up the stockings already on the fireplace. So I put in the book into the stockings and took a photo uh, so you know, a little, little bit, a little bit of everything, and then I'm also gonna be doing um, events, which I think are one of the, it, if that counted as content, being on stage, that would be my first and foremost, because I am totally a junkie for the energy you get from being on stage. So I'm excited to get out and do events, 
based around the book and talk to audiences. So that that's always a big rush. You should do some cool photography with book sightings, you know, like maybe have people take the book, you know, and uh, do amazing things with the book. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Yeah, I've, I'm trying to think of ways to get people to do that because I've been seeing them come in a little bit because they've just it literally like people have just started getting as we're recording this. The books have just started showing up at people's houses over the last couple days. And I just last night saw my first picture from somebody in a bookstore with it. And I hadn't seen that before. And I haven't even seen it in a bookstore yet. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of fun ways. You know, I was thinking of how people take pictures in their amazing places, wherever they are. So the beach or a beautiful church or under the Christmas tree or right. so I'm hoping I'm hoping people get inspired and do some fun stuff with it. Um, I know that uh, you're a blogger over at Digital Dads and um what advice do you have for the parents who are trying to balance, especially around the holidays, being, being present with their children, but also pursuing their business passions? Yeah, it's a constant struggle. And it's one of those things where I, I encourage people, parents, if you're trying to, if you're struggling with that, is set clear boundaries. You know, say, I'm going to work from nine to 12 today or, you know, whatever the time is, especially if you're working for yourself, but then take the time and actually be there with your kids, you know. Without the iPhone, right? <laughs> I like it without the iPhone, but if that if I know people can't do that, then put the iPhone over to the side, and that way, if someone really needs to get a hold of you, they can call you or text you. But otherwise, ignore it because there's nothing worse than seeing a family. And I, our family does this some days. You're all sitting on the couch, and everybody's got an iPad or a phone, and you're 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 there, but you're not really there. And I hate that. You gotta you gotta be there with the kids and the family. You know, it is so difficult. Um, and I'm speaking now as a dad with three young daughters. It is so difficult because I love my girls, but I love my job and I'm constantly conflicted, you know? And, um, I found that I just take Sunday and I don't, sometimes I find myself cheating, but I try not to check, (laughs) check email at all on Sunday, you know? And that's the day where I just check out completely. And, um, you know, regardless of whether you do it an hour here or hour there, I think what I hear you saying is you've got to be intentional about it, right? Yeah, you must be intentional. Unplugging is a great thing because let's face it, and I'm the same way. I love what I do for a living, but it's one of those things. Those kids grow up so fast and they've got so much going on in their lives. You, I mean, you being an engaged and act, an active parent is the most important thing you can do if you have kids. You can't be – you can't – your kids should never play second fiddle to anything. Yeah, you got to focus on other things, but yeah, make sure that time with them is – focused on them and it's just you know if it means leaving your phone at home leaving it someplace else do it you know go cold turkey it's not going to be easy though you know any of us who love what we do for a living that it's a constant balancing act it's not like the old days where you punched a clock nine to five when you went home you never thought about work most of us don't live that world anymore there's plenty of people who do and sometimes sometimes i miss that because that was almost easier sometimes oh yeah I mean, I agree completely. Um, you know, we can get a lot more done now because our day is stretched around the clock. But at the same time, sometimes it's at what expense to our mental state, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's true. And anybody and when I hear people go, oh, that's not true. I'm like, yeah, you haven't realized it yet. <laughs> Cece, I know that someone listening to this right now is um, like you were a long time ago, working in a department where they're looking around at others saying, you know, I could do that job and I could do that job better. Or maybe they're listening right now and they want to go out and start something on the side with content just to kind of dabble in it a little bit. What do you want to say to that person who's 
right on the edge of starting. Do it. Stop waiting. Um, just start doing it. Especially don't don't do the crazy thing and quit your job and magically dive in. Be smart about it. Start it on the side. Have have those passion projects that you do at night that you do in your off hours and work really hard at them and see where they go because. You know, that whole, we've all got that vibe of, ooh, I want to do that. But then until you actually start doing it, you may not like it as much as you thought. So keep the day gig, keep it, you know, keep money flowing in and then have your side project, have your passion project that you can focus on, but stop waiting. Perfection is the thing that I think gets in the way of everybody. And we all, even I fall to it, but you know, just start. I mean, those first few podcasts I, I recorded were crap. They were horrible. You know, my photography gets better the more I shoot. The, the fact of the matter is, especially in the content, no matter what type of content you're trying to create, the only way you're going to get really good at it is by doing it over and over and over again. And just stop waiting. And, and you know, Nike, I still hate it. They, they got it right. Just do it. <laughs> they really did. The most genius three words ever. I want to reiterate what CC is saying, folks. This year is nearly to an end and a new year is upon us. And if you believe in the idea of starting new things and resolutions, make a resolution and just do it. And then let CC and me know that you've done it because there's nothing better than to hear that. Yes. Okay. We're going to do it. As CC said, that's one of the greatest rewards (laughs) for what he does. So just do it. Um, to, to borrow the Nike phrase, CC, um, we're to the end of the interview. I do want to ask where folks can learn, more about you and your new book, where would you want to send them? Sure. So the easiest place, my website is cc-chapman.com. It's got links to everything I do. And if it's easier, uh, amazingthingswillhappen.com goes to a page and the book can be found everywhere that books are sold. And the biggest question I always get is an, is an audio book coming? And yes, it's coming. It just hasn't been recorded yet. But yes, it's right around the corner. So you can get it in every format imaginable, but C.C. Chapman, author of Amazing Things Will Happen. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, I really hope you got a lot out of that uh, interview with C.C. Chapman. I think it was really a lot of fun, and I hope you find some inspiration. And I do want to re-encourage you, if you are on the verge of starting something, go for it and let us know. And one of the easiest ways to let us know is by visiting the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 19. And I'll mention that a little bit later also. Well, it's hard to believe, but this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I do want to reiterate to you that you can find out more about this, um, all the links and everything else we mentioned at our show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 19. Yes, we've done 19 episodes already. It's hard to believe. Hey, um, if you enjoy the content that I'm producing here on the podcast, I would be so appreciative if you would simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash love. What that does is it pre-populates a little tweet (laughs) into your Twitter stream that says, hey, I love the podcast. Check it out. And it evangelizes it to your friends, which I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate the other thing that I would covet greatly is if you would please go over to iTunes and give us an actual written review and a rating. The easiest way to do that is to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes, all lowercase. That'll take you directly to our podcast where you can give it a star rating and a review. 
And when you do this, it really helps us out because what it does is it allows more people to discover the podcast and it allows me to have a bigger impact. So I'm just so grateful for you for listening to this podcast. And I just hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.